0: And welcome to this week's episode of Macabre for Mortals. I hope last week's episode was a little different to the normal true crime episodes and it gave you some enlightening information into the case of Sean. This week I'll be delving into another subject, that of werewolves. Since I was young, the lore of vampires and werewolves has fascinated me, and I have read many fantasy and sci fi fictions on these topics and groups, and always wanted to know more about where these laws came from and how they morphed into the stories of today. I find it fascinating that no matter where in the world, at each point of history, human beings have had similar stories about creatures of the night. They shared many common characteristics, but also had some differences based on the culture that they were formed from. This always makes me in awe And also curious that even though we have been different and human beings and cultures are different through time, we still have the same train of thought. In a quick overview, in folklore, a werewolf, occasionally wolfwalker or lyanthrope, is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, either purposefully or after being placed under a curse or affliction, often a bite or scratch from another werewolf, with the transformations occurring on the night of the full moon. Early sources for belief in this ability or affliction called lycanthropy are Peronitis in 27 to 66 and Gervais of Tilbury in 1150 to 1228. The werewolf is a widespread concept in European folklore existing in many variants, which are related by a common development of Christian interpretation of underlying European folklore developed during the medieval period. Belief in werewolves developed in parallel to the belief in witches in the course of the late Middle Ages and the early modern period. Like witchcraft trials as a whole, the trial of supposed werewolves emerged in what is now Switzerland, especially the Vallis and Vaud in the early 15th century and spread throughout Europe in the 16th century, peaking in the 17th and subsiding by the 18th century. The persecution of werewolves and associated folklore is an integral part of the witch hunt phenomenon, a beta marginal one, accusations of lycanthropy being evolved in only a small fraction of the witchcraft trials. During the early period, ac- accusations of lycanthropy t- transformation into a wolf were mixed with accusations of wolf riding or wolf charming. The case of Peter Stump in 1589 led to a significant peak in both interest and the persecution of supposed werewolves, primarily in French speaking and German speaking Europe. The phenomenon persisted longest in Bavaria and Austria, with the persecution of wolf charmers recorded well until after 1650, the final cases taking place in the early 18th century in Corinthia and Styria. At the end of the witch trials, the werewolf became of interest in folklore studies and in the emerging Gothic horror genre. Werewolf fiction as a genre has pre-modern pre in medieval romance and developed in the 18th century out of the semi-fictional chapbook tradition. The trappings of horror literature in the 20th century became the part of the horror and fantasy genre of the modern popular culture. But let me start more from the beginning. Where did the name werewolf actually come from and what is its etymology? The word werewolf comes from the old English word werewolf in compound of were man and wolf, wolf. The only old high German testimony is in the form of a given name, Wehrjulf, although the early middle high German werewolf is found in Buchard of the Worms and Bethold of Resberg. The word or concept does not occur in medieval German poetry or fiction, gaining popularity only from the 15th century. Middle Latin, Gelfus, Anglo-Norman Garulf or Frankish warhulf, or Norse had the conjugate varholf, but because of the high importance of werewolves in Norse mythology, there were alternative terms such as hryanfun, one in wolf skin, referring still to the totus mystic or cultic adoption of wolf nature, rather than the superstitious belief in actual shape shifting. In modern Scandinavia, also used was kældulf, evening wolf, presumably after the name of kældulf Fason, a historical berserker of the 9th century who figures in Icelandic sagas. The term lycanthropy, referring both to the ability to transform oneself into a wolf and the act of doing so, comes from the ancient Greek Leucanthropos, from Leucos, wolf, and Anthropos, human. The word does occur in ancient Greek sources, but only in late antiquity. Only rarely, and only in the context of clinical lycanthropy, described by Galen, where the patient had a ravenous appetite and other qualities of a wolf. The Greek word attains some currency only in the Byzantine Greek, featuring in the 10th century encyclopedia Suda. Use of the Greek derived lancothropy in English occurs in learned writing beginning in the late 16th century, first recorded in 1584 in the discovery of witchcraft by Reginald Scott, who argued against the reality of werewolves. Lycanthropia is a disease and not a transformation. At first, explicitly for clinical lycanthropy, the type of insanity where the patient imagines to have transformed into a wolf, and not in reference to supposedly real shape-shifting. The use of lycanthropy for supposed shape-shifting is much later and introduced in 1830. Slavic uses the term Vlodak, which literally "wolf skin," paralleling the old Norse of the Eufondun. However, the word is not attested in the medieval period. The Slavic term was loaned into modern Greek as Vironklas. Baltic has related terms: Lutheranian Vikoras and vikantas is a corruption due to Alexander Pushkin, which later was widely spread by A.K. Tolson in his novella, The Family of Roald composed in French, but first published in Russian translation in 1884. So, what is the history in different cultures? And how did they cross over? Classical antiquity and how does it tie in with the Greek myth episodes? Because we do hear a lot about Romulus and Remus, even in ancient Rome, how they were brought through up through a wolf and how their wolf mother looked after them. So how can we tie this in with the myths of the Greeks, the Romans, and even in other cultures and tie them into our modern day to day. A few references to men changing into wolves are found in ancient Greek literature and mythology. Please see back to our ancient Greek myths episode but I will just go through this again. So Herodotus and his histories wrote that Nuri, a tribe he places to the northeast of Scythia, were all transformed into wolves once every year for several days and then changed back into their human shape. This tale was also mentioned by Pompeius and Mela. In the 2nd century BC, the Greek geographer Pyronidathus Related the story of King Lycon of Arcadia, who was transformed into a wolf because he had sacrificed a child at the altar of Zeus, Lycus. In the version of the legend told by Ovid in his Metamorphoses, when Zeus visits Lycon disguised as a common man, Lycon wants to test if he really is a god. To that end, he kills a Molossian hostage and to serve his entrails to Zeus. Disgusted, the god turns Lycaon into a wolf. However, in other accounts of legend, like that of Apollodorus Bibliotheca, Zeus blasts him and his sons with thunderbolts as punishment. Pausinosis also relates the story of the Arcadian man called Demarchus of Parasea who was turned into a wolf after tasting the entrails of a human child sacrificed to Zeus. He was restored to human form ten years later and went on to become an Olympic champion. This tale is also recounted by Pliny the Elder, who calls the man Demetrius, quoting Agrippas. According to Parnassus, this was not a one-off event but that men have been transformed into wolves during sacrifices to Zeus, since the time of Lycan. If they abstain of the tasting of human flesh while being wolves, they would be restored to human form nine years later. But if they do, they will remain wolves forever. Pliny the Elder, likewise, recounts other tales of Lycanthropy. Quoting Eucanthus, he mentions that in Arcadia, Once a year, a man was chosen by a lot from the Ananthus clan. The chosen man was escorted to the marsh in the area where he hung his clothes onto an oak tree, swam across the marsh, and transformed into a wolf, joining a pack for nine years. If during these nine years he refrained from tasting human flesh, he he returned to the same marsh, swam back, and recovered his previous human form, with nine years added to his appearance. Ovid also relates stories of men who roam the woods of Arcadia in the form of wolves. Virgil, in his poetic work, a wrote of a man called Morasis, who used herbs and poisons picked in his native Pontus to turn himself into a wolf. In prose, the Satyrican, written circa AD 60 by Gaius Petronus Arbiter, one of the characters, Nicaros, tells a story at a banquet about a friend who turned to a wolf. He describes the incident as follows. When I look for my buddy, I see he'd stripped and piled his clothes off by the roadside. He pees in a circle around his clothes and then just like that, turns into a wolf. After he turned into a wolf, he started howling and then ran off into the woods. Early Christian authors also mentioned werewolves in the City of God, Augustine of Hippo gives an account similar to that found in Pliny the Elder. Augustine explains that it is it is very generally believed that by certain witches' spells, men may be turned into wolves. Physical metamorphosis was also mentioned in the Capitian Escapati, attributed to the Council of Anchor in the fourth century which became the church's doctrinal text in relation to magic, witches and transformations such as those of werewolves. In the Capitulam Escapodi, states that whoever believes that anything can be transformed into another species or likeness, except by God himself, is beyond doubt an infidel. In these works of Roman writers, werewolves often receive the name of *vispellus*, turnskill, Augustine instead uses the phrase in Lumpum Fustium Mantatum, changed into the form of a wolf, to describe the physical metamorphosis of werewolves, which is similar to the phrases used in the medieval period. There is evidence of widespread belief in werewolves in medieval Europe. This evidence spans much of the continent as well as the British Isles. Werewolves are were mentioned in the medieval law codes such as that of the King's Knut. Those ecclesiastical ordinances inform us that the codes aim to ensure that the madly audacious werewolf do not too wildly devastate nor bite too many of the spiritual flock. Lutprand of Cremona reports that a rumour that Bajan, the son of Simon I of Bulgaria, could use magic to turn himself into a wolf. The works of Augustine of Hippo had a large influence on the development of the Western Christianity, and they were widely read by the churchmen of the medieval period, and these churchmen occasionally discussed werewolves in their works. Famous examples included Gerald of Wales, werewolves of Osseroy, found in his topographical Hibernakea, and in the Gervais of Tiberi's Otter Imperial, both written for royal audiences. Gervais reveals to the reader that belief in such transformations. He also mentions women turning into cats and into snakes, was widespread across Europe. He uses the phrase "quae inter when discussing these metamorphoses, which translates into "it is known." Gervais, who is writing in Germany, also tells the reader that transformation of men into wolves cannot be easily dismissed for. In England, we have often seen men changed into wolves. Further evidence of the widespread belief in werewolves and in other human-animal transformations can be seen in the theological attacks made against such beliefs. Conrad of Hirsru, writing in the 11th century, forbids the reading of stories in which a person's reason is obscured following such a transformation. Conrad specifically refers to the tales of Ovid in his tract. Pseudo-Augustine writing in the 12th century follows Augustine of Hippo's argument that no physical transformation can be made by any but God, stating that the body corporally cannot be changed into material's limbs of any animal. Marie de France's poem, Biscolavotte, from the 12th century is another example in which the eponymous nobleman Biforat, for many reasons not described, had to transform into a wolf every week. When his treacherous wife stole his clothing needing to restore his human form, he escaped the killing's wolf hunt by imploring the king for mercy and accompanied the king thereafter. His behavior at court was gentle until his wife and her new husband appeared at the court, so much so that his hateful attack on the couple was deemed justly motivated and the truth was revealed. This lie, a type of Brenton sung poem, follows many themes found within other werewolf tales. The removal of clothing and the attempting to refrain from the consumption of human flesh can be found in Pliny the Elder as well as the second of Gervais's of Tilbury's werewolf stories. This is about a werewolf by the name of Chauvis-Vert. Marie also reveals to us the existence of the werewolf belief in Brenton and Norman France by telling us that the Franco-Norman word for werewolf, garouf, which she explains are common in that part of France where many men turn into werewolves. Gervais also supports this terminology when he tells us that the French term garouf to describe what the English called werewolves. Melian and Beccarow are two anonymous lays that share the theme of the werewolf knight being portrayed by his wife. The German word werewolf is recorded by Buchan von Wurms in the 11th century by Berthold of Resenberg in the 13th, but is not recorded in all of medieval German poetry or fiction. While Barringaud argues the references to werewolves were also rare in England, presumably because whatever significance of the wolfmen of Germanic paganism had carried, the associated beliefs and practices had been successfully repressed after Christianization. Or if they persisted, they did so outside of the sphere of literacy available to us today. We do have sources other than those mentioned above. Such examples were werewolves in Ireland and the British Isles that can be found in the work of the 9th century Welsh monks in Nennius, And female werewolves appear in the Irish world of the Tales of the Elders from the 12th century, and Welsh werewolves in the 12th and 13th century Magambongan. In 1539, Martin Luther used the form of Beerhof to describe a hypothetical ruler worse than a tyrant who must be resisted. The Germanic pagan traditions associated with wolfmen persisted the longest in Scandinavia. Viking Age, Harald I of Norway, is known to have the body of an uchndarv, wolf-coated, which is meant- mentioned in the Vanselslager Saga, Haralds Vinsen and the Volston Saga, and resemble some werewolf legends. The Ulftunnar were the fighters similar to the Berserkers, though they dressed in wolf hides rather than those of bears, and they were reputed to channel the spirits of these animals to enhance the effectiveness in battle. These warriors were restrained to pain, were resistant to pain and killed viciously in battle, much like wild animals. Ulfundar and Berserkers were closely associated with the Norse god Odin. The Scandinavian traditions of this period may have spread to Rus, giving rise to the Slavic werewolf tales. The 11th century Belarusian prince, Veslav Polsk, was considered to have been a werewolf, capable of moving at superhuman speeds, as recounted in the tale of Igor's campaign. Veslav, the prince, judged men. As a prince, he ruled towns, but at night he prowled in the guise of a wolf. From Kiev prowling, he reached before the cock's crew, took Makron, the path of the great sun. As a wolf prowling, he crossed. For him, the pulse they rang from Martins early at St. Sophia the bells, but he heard the ringing in Kiev. This situation as described during the medieval period gives rise to the dual form of the werewolf folklore in early modern Europe. On one hand, the Germanic werewolf becomes associated with the witchcraft panic from around 1400, and on the other hand, the Slavic werewolf, or Václav, which becomes associated with the concept of the revenant, or vampire. The Eastern werewolf vampire is found in folklore of Central and Eastern Europe, including Hungary, Romania, and the Balkans, while the Western werewolf sorcerer is found in France, German-speaking Europe, and the Baltic. Indo-European comparative mythology. The werewolf folklore found in Europe harks back to the common development during the Middle Ages, arising in the context of the Christianization and the association interpretation of the pre-Christian mythology in Christian terms. The underlying common origin can be traced back to proto-Indo-European mythology where lycanthropy is reconstructed as an aspect of the initiation of the warrior class. This is reflected in Iron Age Europe in the Trekena, depictions from the Germanic sphere among others. The standard comparative overview of this aspect of Indo-European mythology is Macon in 1987. Such transformations of men into wolves in pagan cult. Were associated with the devil from the early medieval perspective. The concept of the werewolf in western and northern Europe is strongly influenced by the role of the wolf in Germanic paganism. But there are related traditions in other parts of Europe which were not necessarily influenced by the Germanic tradition, especially in Slavic and the Balkans, and possibly areas bordering the Indo-European sphere whether indo-european cultures have been replaced by military conquest in the medieval area such as hungary and antola in his man into wolf 1948 robin esler tried to cast the indo-european tribal names meaning wolf or wolf men in the terms of european transition from fruit gathering to predatory hunting <laughs> There were numerous reports of werewolf attacks and consequent court trials in the 16th century France. In some of the cases, there was clear evidence against the accused of murder and cannibalism, but none of the association with werewolves. In other cases, people had been terrified with such creatures, such that of Garner in Dole of 1573. There was clear evidence against some wolf, but not against the accused. Werewolvery was common, a common accusation in witch trials throughout their history, and it even f- featured in the Vallis witch trials, one of the earliest such trials altogether, in the first half of the 15th century. Likewise, in Vaud, child-eating werewolves were reported as early as 1448. A peak of attention to lycanthropy came in the late 16th to early 17th century as a part of the whole European witch hunts. A number of treaties were on werewolves were written in France during 1595 and 1615. Werewolves were cited in, ni- in 1598 in Anjou, and a teenage werewolf was sentenced to life for imprisonment in Bordeaux in 1603. Henry Boggert wrote a lengthy chapter about werewolves in 1602. In the Vaud, werewolves were convicted in 1602 and in 1624. A treatise by Vaud Pastor in 1653, however, argued that lycanthropy was purely an illusion. After this, the only further record from the Vaud dates to 1670, and that is of a boy who claimed he and his mother could change themselves into wolves, which was, however, not taken seriously. At the beginning of the 17th century, witchcraft was prosecuted by James I of England, who regarded werewolves as victims of delusion induced by a natural superabundance of melancholic. After 1650, belief in lycanthropy had almost disappeared from the French-speaking Europe, as evidenced in the Dietrichs Encyclopedia, which attributed reports of lycanthropy to a disorder of the brain. Although there were continuing reports of extraordinarily wolf-like beasts, but not werewolves. One such report concerned the beast of Gervardin, which terrorized the general area of the former province of Gervardin, now called Lorraise, in south-central France from the years 1764 to 1767. It killed upwards of 80 men, women, and children. The part of Europe which showed more vigorous interest in werewolves after 1650 was the Holy Roman Empire. At least nine works on lycanthropy were printed in Germany between 1649 and 1679. In the Austrian Bavarian Alps, belief in werewolves persisted well into the 18th century. In any case, as late as 1853, in Galicia, northwestern Spain, Manuel Blanco Romarstater was judged and condemned as the author of a number of murders but he claimed to be not guilty because of his condition of Lobbashar, werewolf. Until the 20th century, wolf attacks on humans were occasional, but still a widespread feature of life in Europe. Some scholars have suggested that it was inevitable that wolves, being the most feared predators in Europe, were projected into the folklore of evil shapeshifters. This is said to be co- corroborated by the fact that areas devoid of wolves typically use different kinds of predator to fill their niche. Where hyenas in Africa, were tigers in India, as well as were pumas and were jaguars in Southern South America. This idea is explored in Sabine Baringo's work, The Book of Werewolves, is that werewolf legends may have been used to explain serial killings. Perhaps the most infamous example is Peter Stump, executed in 1589, the German farmer and alleged serial killer and cannibal known as the werewolf of Bedburg. As I mentioned, in Asian cultures, the were equivalent is the were tiger or the were leopard. Common to Turkic folklore holds a different and reverent light to the werewolf legend. The Turkic Central Asian Shamans, after performing long and arduous rites, would voluntarily be able to transform into a humanoid krtotam, literally meaning wolfman. Since the wolf was totemic ancestor animal of the Turkic peoples, they would respectful of any shaman who is in such form. For a brief mention. Some modern researchers have tried to explain the reports of werewolf behavior with recognized medical conditions. Dr. Lee Illness of Guy's Hospital in London wrote a paper in 1963 entitled On Porphyria and the Aetiology of Werewolves, in which he argues that historical accounts on werewolves could have in fact been referring to victims of conjugal porphyria stating how the symptoms of photosensitivity, reddish teeth, and psychosis could have been the grounds for accusing the sufferer of being a werewolf. This is, however, argued against by Woodward, who points out how mythological werewolves were almost invariably portrayed as resembling true wolves and that their human forms were rarely physical conscripts of perfoia victims. Others have pointed out the possibility of historical werewolves having been sufferers of hyperchicrosis, a hereditary condition manifesting itself in excessive hair growth. However, Woodward diminishes the possibility as the rarity of the disease ruled out from happening on a large scale, as werewolf cases were in medieval Europe. People suffering from Down syndrome have been suggested by some scholars to have been the possible originators of the werewolf myths. However, Woodward suggests rabies as the origin of the werewolf beliefs, claiming remarkable similarities between the symptoms of that disease and some of the legends. Woodward focused on the idea that being bitten by a werewolf could result in the victim turning into one, which suggests the idea of a transmittable disease like rabies. However, the idea of lycanthropy could be transmitted in this way is not part of the original myths and legends, and only appeared in relatively recent beliefs. Lycanthropy can also be met with as the main content of a delusion. For example, the case of a woman who is reported during episodes of acute psychosis, complained of being four different species of animals. Characteristics. The beliefs classed together under lycanthropy are far from uniform and the term is somewhat capriciously applied. The transformation can be temporary or permanent and the where animal may be the man himself metamorphosed, maybe his double whose activity leaves the real man to all appearance unchanged. Maybe his soul, which goes forth seeking whomever it may devour, leaving its body in a state of trance. Or it may be no more than a messenger of the human being, a real animal or familiar spirit, whose intimate connection with its owner is shown by the fact that any injury it is to be believed by a phenomenon known as a repercussion to cause a corresponding injury to the human being. Werewolves were said in European folklore to bear tell like physical traits, even in their human form. These included the meeting of both eyebrows at the bridge of the nose, curved fingernails, low-set ears, and a swinging stride. One method of identifying a werewolf in its human form was to cut the flesh of the accused under the pretense that fur would be seen within the wound. A Russian superstition recalls a werewolf can be recognised by the bristles under the tongue. The appearance of the werewolf in its animal form varies from culture to culture, though it is mostly and commonly portrayed as being indistinguishable from ordinary wolves, save for the fact that it has no tail, a trait thought to be characteristics of witches in animal form is often larger, and retains human eyes and a voice. According to some Swedish accounts, the werewolf could be distinguished from a regular wolf by the fact it would run on three legs, stretching the fourth one backwards to look like a tail. After returning to their human forms, werewolves are usually documented as becoming weak, debilitated, and undergoing painful nervous depression. One universally reviled trait in medieval Europe was the werewolf's habit of devouring recently buried corpses, a trait that is documented extensively, particularly by the Annals Medico Physicus in the 19th century. There are various methods for becoming a werewolf that have been reported. One of the simplest being the removal of clothing and putting on a belt made of wolf skin, probably as a substitute for the assumption of an entire animal skin. In other cases, the body is rubbed with a magic salve. Drinking rainwater out of the footprint of the animal in question, or from a certain enchanted stream, were also considered effectual modes of accomplishing metamorphosis. The 16th century Swedish writer, Ollus Magnus, says that the Lavinian werewolves were initiated by draining a cup of specially prepared beer and repeating a set formula. Valston, in his Songs of the Russian People, gives the form of incantation still familiar in Russia. In Italy, France and Germany, it was said that a man or woman could turn into a werewolf if he or she, only on a certain Wednesday or Friday, slept outside on a summer night with the full moon shining directly on his or her face. In other cases, the transformation was supposedly accomplished by satanic allegiance for the most loathsome ends, often for the sake of stating and craving human flesh. There are certain sorcerers who have anointed their bodies with an ointment, which make their instinct instinct of the devil. And putting on a certain incurrent girdle, does not only, unto the view of others, seem as, as werewolves, but to their own thinking, have both the shape and nature of wolves. So long as they wear the girdle, and they do not dispose themselves as very wolves, in worrying and killing, and most of human creatures. The phenomenon of repercussion, the power of animal metamorphosis, or sending out a familiar, real, or spiritual as a messenger, and the supernormal powers conferred by associations such as a familiar, are also attributed to the magician, male and female, all the world over. And the witch superstitions are closely parallel to, if not identical with, lycanthropic beliefs. The occasional involuntary character of the lycanthropy being almost the sole distinguishing feature. In another direction of the phenomenon of repercussion is asserted to man- the manifest itself in connection with the bush soul of West African and the Nagul of Central America. But though there is no line of demarcation to be drawn on the logical grounds, the assumed power of the magician and the intimate association of the bush soul or the Nagul with a human being are not termed lycanthropy. The curse of lycanthropy was also considered by some scholars as being divine punishment. Werewolf literature shows many examples of gods or saints allegedly cursing those invoked their wrath with lycanthropy, such as the case of Lycon, who was turned into a wolf by Zeus, as punishment for slaughtering one of his own sons and serving his remains to the gods as dinner. Those who were excommunicated by the Roman Catholic Church were also said to be werewolves. The power of transforming into wild beasts was attributed not only to malignant sorcerers but was the die of the St. Thomas of Aquinas. St. Patrick was said to have tr- transformed into the Welsh king Verticus into a wolf, and Nathias supposedly cursed an illustrious Irish family whose members were each doomed to be a wolf for seven years. In other tales, the di- divine agency is even more direct. While well, in Russia, Again, men supposedly became werewolves while incurring the wrath of the devil. A notable exemption to the association of lycanthropy and the devil comes from a rare and less unknown account of an 80-year-old man named Thesis. In 1692, in Jogelsberg, Livonia, Thesis testified under oath that he and other werewolves were the hounds of God. He claimed that they were warriors who went down into hell to do battle with the witches and demons. Their efforts ensured that the devil and his minions did not carry off with the grain from the local failed crops down to hell. Thesis was steadfast in his assertions claiming that werewolves in Germany and Russia also did battle with the devil's minions in their own versions of hell, and insisted that when werewolves died their souls were welcomed into heaven as a reward for their service. Thesis was ultimately sentenced to 10 lashes for adultery and superstitious belief. Various methods have existed for the removing of the werewolf form. In antiquity, the ancient Greeks and Romans believed the power of exhaustion in curing people of lycanthropy the victim would be subjected to long periods of physical activity in the hope of being purged of the malady. This practice stemmed from the fact that many alleged werewolves would be left feeling weak and debilitated after committing deportations. In medieval Europe, traditionally, there are three methods. One can use to cure a victim of lycanthropy. Medicinally, usually via the use of wolfsbane, surgically or by exorcism however many of the cures advocated by the medieval medicinal practices proved fatal to the patients a sicilian belief of the arabic origin holds that a werewolf can be cured of its ailment by striking it on the forehead or scalp with a knife another belief from the same culture involves piercing the werewolf's hands with nails sometimes less extreme methods were used. In the German lowlands of and Holstein, a werewolf could be cured if one were to simply address it three times by its Christian name, while one Danish belief holds that merely scolding a werewolf will cure it. Conversion to Christianity is also a common method of removing lycanthropy in the medieval period. A devotion to Saint Hubert has also been cited as both a cure and protection from lycanthropies. Before the end of the 19th century, the Greeks believed that the corpses of werewolves if not destroyed would return to life in the form of wolves or hyenas, which prowled battlefields, drinking the blood of dying soldiers. In the same vein, in some rural areas of Germany, Poland and Northern France, It was once believed that people who died in mortal sin came back to life as blood-drinking wolves. These undead werewolves would return to their human corpse from daylight. They were dealt with death by decapitation with a spade and exorcism by the parish priest. The head would then be thrown into a stream where the weight of its sins was thought to weigh it down. Sometimes the same methods used to dispose of ordinary vampires will be used. The vampire was also linked to the werewolf in East European countries, particularly Bulgaria, Serbia, Slovenia. In Serbia, the werewolf and the vampire are known collectively as Vulldok. In Hungarian folklore, the werewolves used to live especially in the region of Transjunabia and it was thought that the ability to change into a wolf was obtained in the infant age after suffering of abuse by the parents or a curse. At the age of seven, the boy or girl leaves the house, goes hunting by night and can change to a person or a wolf whenever he wants. The curse can also be obtained when, in adulthood, the person passed three times through an arch made of birch with the help of a wild rose spine. The werewolves were known to exterminate all kinds of farm animals, especially sheep. The transformation usually occurred in the wilted sunstice, Easter, and a full moon. Later in the 17th and 18th century, the trials in Hungary not only were conducted against witches, but also against the werewolves too and many records existed creating connections between both kinds Among the South Slavs and also amongst the Kashubs of what is now Northern Poland there was a belief that if a child was born with hair, a birthmark or a call on their head they were supposed to possess shape-shifting abilities Through capable of turning into any animal they wished, it was commonly believed that such people preferred to turn into a wolf. According to Armenian law, there are women who, in consequence of deadly sins, are condemned to spend seven years in wolf form. In a typical account, the condemned woman is visited by a wolf skin-toting spirit, who orders her to wear the skin which causes her to acquire frightful cravings for human flesh after. With her better nature overcome, she, the she-wolf devours each of her own children, and then her relatives' children, in order of relationship. And finally, the children of strangers. She wanders only at night, with doors and locks springing open at their approach. When morning arrives, she reverts to human form and removes her wolf skin. The transformation is generally said to be involuntary, but there are alternate versions including voluntary metamorphosis where the women can just transform at will. The Neskpiyas believe that in the caribou afterlife is guarded by giant wolves, which kill careless hunters venturing too near. The Navajo people feared witches in wolves' clothing called the Maikub, Woodward thought that these beliefs were due to the Norse colonization of the Americas. When the European colonization of the Americas occurred, the pioneers brought their own werewolf folklore with them and were later influenced by the law of their neighboring colonies and those of the natives. Belief in the Loup Garou present in Canada and the upper lower peninsulas of Michigan and upper state New York originates from the French folklore influenced by the Native American stories of the Wendigo. In Mexico, there is a belief in a creature called the Nagul, and in Haiti, there is a superstition that werewolf spirits, known locally as the Gerouge red eyes, can possess the bodies of unwitting persons and nightly transform into cannibalistic lupine creatures. The Haitian Gerouge typically try to trick mothers into giving away their children voluntarily by waking them at night and asking their permission to take their child, to which the disorientated mother might either reply yes or no. The Haitian Jerouges differ from the traditional European Woolworths by their habit of actively trying to spread their lycanthropic condition to others, much like vampires. In modern days most modern fiction describes werewolves as vulnerable to silver weapons and highly resistant to other injuries This feature appears in German folklore in the 19th century The claim that the beast of Jouvardin, an 18th century wolf or wolf-like creature, was shot by a silver bullet appears to have been introduced by novelists retelling the story from 1935 onwards and not in the earlier versions English folklore prior to 1865 showed shapeshifters to be vulnerable to silver, till the publican shot a silver button over their heads when they were instantly transformed into two ill-favoured old ladies. 1640, the city of Gravesford. In 1897, the novel Dracula, and the short story Dracula's Guest, both written by Bram Stoker, drew on earlier mythologies, of werewolves and similarly legendary demons, and was to voice the anxieties of an age and the fears of late Victorian patriarchy. In Dracula's guest, a band of military horsemen coming to the aid of the protagonist chase off Dracula, depicted as a great wolf, stating the only way to kill it was by a sacred bullet. This is also mentioned in the main novel, Dracula, as well. Count Dracula stated in the novel that legends of werewolves originated from his ghastly racial bloodline, who himself is also depicted by the ability to shapeshift into a wolf at will during the night, but is unable to do so during the day except at noon. The 1928 novel The Wolf's Bride, a tale from Estonia, written by the Finnish author Anjo Kallis, tells the story of Forester Predik's wife Ailo, living in Huma in the 17th century, who became a werewolf under the influence of the malevolent Forest spirit, also known as Diabolus Silvarum. The first feature film to use the anthropomorphic werewolf was A Werewolf of London in 1935. The main werewolf of this film is a dapper London scientist who retains some of his style and most of his humour features after his transformation, as lead ha- actor Henry Hull was unwilling to spend long hours being made up by a made artist. Universal Studios drew on the Balkan tale of a plant associated with lycanthropy, as there was no literary work to draw on, unlike the case with the vampires. There is no reference to the silver, nor any other aspects of the werewolf lore, such as cannibalism. More tragic character is Lawrence Talbot, played by Long Cherry Jr. in the 1941s, The Wolf Man, with Pierce's makeup being more elaborate this time. The movie capulted the werewolf into public consciousness, and sympathetic portrayals are few but notable such as the comedic but tortured protagonist David Norton in An American Werewolf in London, and the less anguished and more confident and charismatic Jack Nicholson in the 1994 film Wolf. Over time, the depiction of werewolves has gone from fully malevolent to even heroic creatures, such as in Underworld and Twilight series, as well as Bloodlord, Dance of the Vampire Blood, Rosario and the Vampire, and various other movies in anime, manga, and comic books. Other werewolves are decidedly more willful and malevolent, such as those in the novel The Howling and its subsequent sequels and film adaptations. The form a werewolf assumes was generally anthropomorphic in early films such as Wolfman and The Werewolf of London but a larger and powerful wolf in many later films. Werewolves are often depicted as immune to damage caused by other ordinary weapons, being vulnerable to only silver ob- objects such as the silver-tipped cane bullet or a blade. And this attribute was first adopted cinematically in The Wolfman. This negative reactive to silver is sometimes so strong that the mere touch of the metal on a werewolf's skill will call burns. Current day werewolf fiction almost exclusively involves lycanthropy, being either a hereditary condition or being transmitted like an infectious disease by the bite of another werewolf. In some fiction, the power of the werewolf extends to human form such as invulnerability to the conventional injury due to their healing factor superhuman speed and strength and falling on their feet from high falls Also, aggressiveness and animalistic urges may be intensified and more difficult to control Usually in these cases, the abilities are diminished in human form and in other fiction, it can be cured by medicine or antidotes. Along with vulnerability to the silver bullet, the full moon being the cause of the transformation only became part of the depiction of werewolves on a widespread basis in the 20th century. The first movie to feature the transformative effect of the full moon was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman in 1943. Werewolves are typically envisioned as working class monsters. Often being low in socio-economic status, although they can represent a variety of social classes at times, as seen in the way of representing aristocratic decadence during the nineteenth-century horror literature. On a final but slightly different note, Nazi Germany used werewolf as a mythical creature's name, as it's spelled in German in 1942 to 1943, as the co-name for one of Hitler's headquarters. In the war's final days, the Nazi Operation Werwolf aimed at creating a commando force that would operate behind Emily Lines as the Allies advanced through Germany itself. Two fictional depictions of Operation Werwolf: the US television series True Blood and the 2012 novel Wolfhunder by J.L. Bennett, mixing the two meanings of werewolf by depicting the 1945 diehard Nazis commando as being actual werewolves. My sources this week were Wikipedia, History.com, The Conversation, and Mythos Fandom. I'll put all the links in the show notes. As seen by the amount of information I can collect on these types of episodes, I will eventually cover, cover such other mythical creatures such as vampires and mermaids for slightly lighter episodes. I do enjoy these subjects and I believe they do make up the nature of humans and the tapestry of our past makes up the picture of who we are today and only we can alter it for human generations ahead of us. I know it was a very long episode and it had lots of information in it but it is something that I do enjoy looking up and I think because it's such a lighter subject. It doesn't make the episode feel too heavy. Next week I'm going to be broaching the subject of blood spatter and how it's used and its strengths and its weaknesses as evidence-based in courts. Thank you for listening to another episode of Macabre for Mortals. If you have any subject content or any case that you'd like me to cover, then please send me an email at macabreformortals at gmail.com. I love hearing from my listeners and supporters. Alternatively, just send me a DM via Instagram at macabreformortals. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you manage to stay safe wherever you are in the world. Bye.